and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, the last episode of the second month of the 2024th year. Well, that's not actually true, actually. There's been more years since... I'm Lady 86. I'm joined by by my friends Tactic and Nerd Bomber and a fourth friend today. Thank, actually, a third friend. There's three friends here and me. Uh, the third friend is our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, I have a question for you. I'm sure. going to ask all you guys this, but I'm going to ask Stephen first. We were t- This is going to sound crazy, but it relates to a conversation we were having before we got on the air. Uh, well, I want to know, we're going to go around, what would your last meal be? Because I was thinking about this recently. Like, let's say you're on death row because you robbed the president. I, I, I don't know. I don't even, I don't know how I'd get on death row. What would your last meal be? And would you think you'd be able to eat it? That's like my secondary question. Yeah, I'm gonna go spaghetti and meatballs. Classic, home style. Yeah, and I want like. Do, do you think you? Because like Classic. I think I, like well, I have a weak constitution. Let me just start by saying that. I think I would get my last meal and I'd be like, I can't eat it. I'm too nervous. I don't know. Maybe that's overly philosophical for like two minutes into the podcast. But yeah, my last meal. Oh boy, it's like it's really bad. Like. What does it say about me as a person that my first thought, I'm not saying this is my answer. I'm not saying this is my answer. But my first thought is like chicken McNuggets. Like, what does that say about me as a human being? Like, nothing good, right? Uh, you're bland. Yeah, I'm not a, like, I can say like I'm not a good person. You're boring. You want to know what my last meal would be? I would ask for 10 minutes on the internet. That's not a I meal. That's, go that's, on a Yelp. Cheat. that's cheating. So let me fi- just let me finish. I would go on Yelp and I'd look for the worst rated restaurant out there. And I would order every single item on that menu such that when they take me out, I'm shit. Oh, there's there's going to be diarrhea. doo-doo everywhere. Everywhere. Like, I'm I'm leaving a, I'm trying to leave a mark on this world, and it's going to be a skid mark if, if that's that's the way things are going That's a out. very creative answer. It would be gross. Like, I would probably get like a – shout out to Five Guys. I think i get a Five Guys cheeseburger. I love Five Guys. Probably a steak. You can have as much as you want. So, like, probably a pizza. I don't know. Nerd Bomber, any any thoughts on your last... We already heard Technic wants to give himself diarrhea, but what about you? Very easy. I would want carne de asada tacos, and I would also want chips and salsa and a mango margarita. And I would also want like limitless chips and salsa as if I was at a restaurant. Like I would sit there for hours and they'd be like, are you ready to go yet? And I'd be like, no, oh, so you're, still so, more chips so you're, and salsa. So you're stretching eat. it out. You're just, you're hoping to just eat chips and salsa for the rest of your life and never get executed. That's again, very creative. But also like that is the meal that I would want because another it's round. Really good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I want to think about my answer more than I have. I, just, I do this on the podcast when I was, I just ask questions without knowing what my own answer would be. It's not a good practice. You shouldn't do that if you're a podcast host. Steven, thank you for joining us today. We're not, I'm not going to ask you such morose questions as that this entire time. Instead, we're going to be talking about video games in multiple senses because we have multiple topics. But our main topic today is the Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase, which we got, I think, on the late side of last week. There's a lot to dig into here. Before we dig into stuff individually, I just want to say, and I think I've said this for the past few times we've talked about Nintendo Directs, like, I think they really have it down to a science like we watch a lot of directs for this show we watch nintendo directs we watch the state of play we watch whatever the xbox one is called what is the xbox one called does anyone know developer isn't it just like the microcase yeah developer showcase so the title's not even good it just like i find these to be the least like chore-esque of the three by a lot and like i don't know if it's just because it was like 25 minutes or something it's just also the way it's packaged and the way it's delivered. I feel like there wasn't any BS. It was just like, let's get straight to what you want to see, 
which I did see a lot of what I wanted to see, and we'll we'll get into that. But I just want to shout out Nintendo for being particularly great about that. All business, all business, and also like as with any other direct we've seen from Nintendo, there was I think a couple games here that were like that they were like, oh, by the way, it's out right now, so like you can just go play it. And like I get that I rarely avail myself of that opportunity, but it's nice to have it available to me. So I appreciate that as well. Steven, I'm going to turn it over to you first. I mean, you were. You, you were the one who suggested this topic, not that we weren't going to talk about it anyways, but like I would think that maybe you suggested it because you were aware of something that you were going to really like, or if there's something that in particular in this showcase jumped out at you as uh, something that you're definitely going to be investing in, so to speak. I'll let you kick us off here. The floor is yours. We're kind of just going to jump around. I don't have an exact plan of like going in chronological whatever. So just you have the pick of the litter. Yeah, well, I think when I brought this up, it was like couple weeks ago just because nintendo always does a direct in february so i was kind of hoping it'd be a first party direct rather than a partner showcase but it kind of looked like it was going to head towards a partner showcase so with partner showcases i kind of lower my expectations because we're not going to get first party stuff we're not going to find out about metroid prime 4 or mm. anything like that we're never i was going to say that's gonna, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a few more you touched the nerve it's gonna be a few more years yeah probably. that's why i brought it up but there's always some good third party, you know, Metroidvanias in there. So for me, I think the standout for me was uh, Ender Magnolia, the sequel to Ender Lilies, which I haven't played, but I own. And it's supposed to be one of the better Metroidvanias of the last few years. So I did enjoy the dystopian vibe of this this game. It looked very yeah. cool. It's just kind of, you know, you're just this little girl who doesn't do any of the combat. You just suck souls from people and you use those souls to fight. So it just kind of looks fun. The combat, I, I feel like we saw another game like this announced somewhere recently. Like it, you have kind of like little, you know, little pals just kind of like fighting on your behalf. So you're kind of just like you said, it's kind of walking around and like, it's cool to be able to defeat things and then they work for you. It seems like, is this a franchise that's like been around for a while? I, it, it's a sequel to Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. I'm reading that. I don't know if there's other games before that but i think it's just the only other one seemed like it had some had some lore behind it yeah i mean i always i'm inclined to always think about tactic predominantly when i watch these partner showcases the ones like these that like i don't know i guess there weren't that many side scrollers in this one but there's always at least a few that's like i think you're always pretty much guaranteed to get one like that you're guaranteed to get something that's at least close to a metroidvania and this was this was definitely that this one it seems like it's i don't know if they got if they gave us an exact release date for this one it's supposed to be this year sometime it always makes me feel like i'm cool at least lately because like i've always been a big pusher of these metroidvania games and like they seem to be trending now and and particularly within the indie community we're getting more and more content of these metroidvania side tour games and like well they heard that you're making one i've been telling you guys that i am cooler than all of you and like it's starting i wasn't arguing that at any point i think you are cooler than me i think like is it fair to say like was there a game that kicked this trend off because like i remember when dead cells came out it was like a really big deal and i don't know if that was the one that like really kind of spiraled us into like because i agree there's like a lot of side scrollers happening right now and we're seeing side scrollers used in a very unique way which i really appreciate i guess i just wonder aloud not that i need an answer like when that was kicked off or what specifically kicked it off probably dead cells or hollow knight yeah hollow knight was also big big ones Uh, i'm gonna go next i'm gonna we're just gonna kind of like go around and like talk individual ones and i'm gonna maybe steal one from someone else that's that's fine the one that i the most was excited by was a ranger and like i i can't even really it's one of those things i saw it and i was like people are going to see this and they're not going to be interested in this at all 
but I just really like I, I've never played I haven't played a lot of games with this perspective. I don't know what you call this perspective. It's kind of like the Pokemon perspective. It's like that that wooden puzzle game. Well, yeah. That like that physical wooden puzzle game that you like shuffle the pieces around to finish mm-hmm. it out. And to make that in a video game, I thought was a super unique concept that looked pretty awesome. And to not even just make it into a video game, but like make it into a video game where it's not just a series of those puzzles. Like there's a plot line and a reason why you're doing those puzzles and integrating that with, you know, dungeon design. I thought was super unique. I think it's a really good example of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I don't see this as a game that you would see on any other console. Like the way I play the switch nowadays is exactly four games like this that really lend themselves to what the switch does. I wish I knew what this it's, Again, it's the same like camera perspective and like almost 8-bitness as Pokemon has. There's probably a term for it. I don't know what it is. I don't really play games like that ever. I didn't play any of the old Legend of Zeldas. I didn't play any of the old Pokemon. That wasn't really my thing. This may be my first foray into that, I guess. I would generally say, because there's at least a couple others, some of which I might get a chance to talk about. It seemed like some puzzly stuff was also kind of being highlighted in this partner showcase and i really appreciated that because i'm really into puzzle games right now i mentioned last week that granted it's not really a puzzle game per se but i just wrapped up the case of the golden idol which i really appreciated again because like when i sit down with the switch it's not i'm not necessarily looking for like action-packed bonanza if i want that i'll probably go to my ps5 so again this really just i think scratched an itch for me swinging over to my guy tectic tectic what what tickled the gibbets so I I agree with Steven that Ender Magnolia looked absolutely awesome. But as I've mentioned on a previous episode, something that I have been craving is a highly customizable Gundam robot game. I've been wanting this for a while. I was disappointing on, in other releases that looked like a Gundam skin. And Gundam Breaker 4 seems to be bringing exactly what I want a robot combat game where you have full customization options and you can make it your own robot. Absolutely scratching that itch right there. Could not be more excited for this one. And I don't know why, but this feels to me perfect for a Switch type game. I don't think I would want to play this type of game on any other console. For me, this this feels like something that like I'm on handheld mode, on the go, playing and messing around with my robots. Yeah, this is definitely one that I, as much as I just said, I'm not looking to like get too combative in my Switch games. This appealed to me. Like I, I had a phase um, back when I first got the Switch. This was during like pandemic times where I got Starlink Battle for Atlas. And like, granted, that's not robots, but it's like it's again, it's very customizable, and like you can switch, switch, mix and match parts all the time, and like get new ships and like new base kits and all that stuff. Kind of similar to some of the stuff that's happening here. I wound up playing that game for like a huge amount of time, then lost all my save data and never went back. But I've never played a Gundam game. I'm at least vaguely interested. This definitely is one that like, this is one that like, and this happens all the time on the eShop. I would buy this one on sale for like five bucks. I'm sure that's not what it's going to be when it comes out later this year, but it's, it definitely looked pretty, pretty flashy. Also shout out to the diorama mode. I think that's a cool thing as well. Yeah, that was awesome. It just, it had like all of those like itches that I just scratching. I'm just, oh man, my leg is kicking. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it really, it really hit it for me. Nerd Bomber, what's what's kicking? What has your leg kicking? I hope no one is surprised here, but another crab's treasure. Yeah, like I'm the not entire <laughs> time I was watching this trailer, I was like, absolutely yes, like a hundred percent yes. They're basically taking cute platforming type game 
very cute setting. And then they said that it was like a Souls like Souls like game, which is very intriguing to me. I'm not normally like a Souls like person, but when you put a cute crap aesthetic on it, I'm suddenly a little bit more interested. So I'm very intrigued by this. This is also coming out super soon in April. And this is definitely on my radar. It seemed to like I was kind of getting like Nemo vibes from the voice actors. I don't really know why, but I was. And maybe it was just because like Under the Sea put me in that headspace. But even the fact that like you have to go and find different shells because you don't have one. It just seemed like, you know, taking a genre that has pretty consistently been, you know, dark and dreary. When you think of a Souls like game, you always think of like this very dark aesthetic and making it cute to potentially bring in a wider audience, which is me, because I don't, I've not been drawn to the Souls like genre yet, but this might bring me in. I really hope this game encourages exploration and it's not just a linear storyline, just because, you know, your shells are going to have some, some ability on how well it defends you, if it slows you down, if it speeds you up, whatever. And I really hope exploration kind of gives you that leg up in your combat. That just that would be just a really nice feature for this game to have. But even still, I wouldn't mind if it was linear. I do want to know. Like, that would be fine with I me. I do want to know about the, like, because it says, collect over 60 shells with distinct special abilities. I, I wish they would have gotten more into what that was. Because like, like you said, the trailer kind of just shows like, oh, now you have a can. Now you have a box. Now you have, it's like... Okay, but if I can just switch at any given time, it seems like, what's the benefit of doing so? I'm sure there is one. And yeah, I do think it's funny that, like, I think the juxtaposition is great with, like, having a Souls-like that's about, like, you know, undersea critters. I just think it's funny that the term Souls-like doesn't change. Like, when you hear Souls-like, it's like, yeah, it's like dark and gritty and medieval, and this is this is clearly not that. I also would say that I thought this was the better of the, I think there were two predominantly undersea games. And let's let's just take a brief break from like everyone picking a game and talk about whatever the heck this last game was what was of this endless, endless ocean, endless ocean. so don't be don't be talking bad about endless ocean i'm not going to talk bad about it, it looks not, i definitely wasn't going to talk bad about it i i want to i guess i want to understand it because like i don't know why i'm why am i picking it up and playing it is it just to go around and like find fish what is the goal and it, steven it sounds like you're it sounds like you're precious about this game so maybe you can tell me Actually, I don't have any attachment to this game. <laughs> Let me ask everyone this question. Why does anyone watch any David Attenborough film? To fall asleep. It's no. relaxing. It's relaxing. Yeah, it's neat to learn about the animals, to learn about the species and things like that. That's why you play this game. This has relaxing vibes. You're going to learn something along the way. It's got a little bit of a collection mechanism to it because you can share what you've discovered with your friends. And it just... It's it's doing it looked it. great. This is like the equivalent of all of the fish you can catch in Animal Crossing. Boy, do those hit. It felt like the trailer cuz because it was right at the end, like it felt like it got a lot of airtime and it was like the big thing. And I I did like the idea of like they they really and co-op was another big thing with a lot of these games by the way. And this was another one where they're like get together with like 20 of the fellas and like just dive down and see what you find <laughs> like i think it's interesting i guess i i was wondering what the what the goal is necessarily if it's just finding all the fish in the sea because if you're if they're taking the like if they're being factual about it that's like basically impossible i guess i don't know how factual they're being about it but there's aren't there like a jillion fish species and like most of the ocean is unexplored kind of thing and then they're thrown in mosasaurs and ancient dinosaurs yeah yeah 
And that's what makes this game so cool. There's the perpetual DLC factor where they can just keep adding new creatures. It's it's kind of got a Pokemon Go. They'll, they'll be like, we put this one very rare fish in the ocean. Just go ahead and try and find it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, was, it was interesting. I, I don't know that it's a game I would purchase and play, but it was, again, it looked great. So, Steven, back over to you. What else in here, if anything, was speaking to you? Oh, I've got a list. The one big thing was the game that we've already known about. And, but we finally got a release date, and that's Pepper Grinder. I've been eagerly anticipating another side scroller. Yeah, I like when it, we this release date. Yeah, puzzle platforming. March twenty eighth is when this comes out. Yeah, and uh, this is by our 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 pals, is it not? Is is was, was Devolver? This, Devel- this was Devolver. Yeah, this looked really good. I this was wasn't this one of the ones that was like in a like compilation of a bunch of games. So like we, I wanted to see more of it, and I feel like I didn't. No, no. This was just before the yeah, compilation. Was, they gave it its own. Um, this was the one with the. It was a lot of darting across the screen. And it had this big drill that you were right. kind of being you, pulled along. And you by. could find hidden compartments within stuff. Yeah. Like, so it's a lot like there's levels in. I think it's Ori Will the Wisps where you get a drill ability. It's really kind of fun to drill around in. So it look, looks like it could be fun. Yeah, I I'm all about. I mean, it's referred to as puzzle platforming. And you know, there's boss battles, you know, it's, again, much like a lot of the games here, it's a very old school feeling, but with a kind of new twist on it, which I really appreciate. Similar, like, and, and that was another kind of through line, like, I felt like there was a decent amount of platforming. Penny's Big Breakaway, I thought looked great. I thought it just looked kind of like a cheap Sonic-y clone. Does Sonic do a lot of 3D platform? When I hear Sonic, I think 2D Sonic stuff. Like I know a lot of the the newer games, at least the ones that came out in the last five years, kind of jump between 2D, 3D. And it's from the Sonic Mania people, so it kind of should give maybe a little Sonic vibe. Yeah, but like it, I don't like it when it's that close. I don't know. I, I, it, it's almost like the equivalent of the uncanny valley of video games. Like, oh, it looks too much like Sonic. It's freaking. I mean, me I out. thought that. I mean, it, it's. I think this game is going to live or die by the traversal right like the whole thing is like you have a yo-yo and you can like swing around on the yo-yo that's the whole shtick and it's either going to work or it's not and you're either going to like it or you don't so like i thought that looked interesting i you know again i, I don't i'm not saying i'm going to run out and buy this because this one is available now but i thought this looked pretty cool so that was kind of another one for me t-dog swinging back to you so as far as my next choice i would i'm gonna have to go with world of goo here love this one I like to have puzzle-solving games in my arsenal for when I'm like... I hate to say it, but puzzle a lot of puzzle, my puzzle-solving games where there's not like quick combat or things like that, that is prime I'm dying in bed of a sickness and need something to do game. And this <laughs> World of Goo kind of like, especially considering it's sick and there's going to be goo coming out of all sorts of stuff, it, it, fit, it would fit perfectly in that collection. And so World of Goo, Puzzle Solver... If I get sick, I'm playing you. Yeah, this was this was another one that again the puzzle elements and like I I feel like I played a game like this. I don't know what it is, but like you're kind of like working with it's it's no, it's not like Pikmin. I don't know what it's like, and I haven't even played Pikmin, but scratched a part of my gray matter that I was like I played a game like this before, but I haven't in a while. You played Bridge Builder in high school when you were like, oh, do I want to be an engineer? That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it it uh this one looked really good. May twenty third, this one comes out never even heard of that's the other thing about these showcases sometimes it's like i have never heard of world of goo i must not have been watching showcases when the first world of goo came out or it wasn't or it wasn't in the showcase but world of goo 2 may be my uh my jumping on point it was like one of the first we i think eShop games like digital only is kind of the first time nintendo got into a digital 
game was World of Goo. Well, I can get the original. That's an interesting the fact. The original World of Goo is $15 on the Switch right now. So if anyone's interested in, I guess, getting into it, that might be the, again, the jumping off point. Kind of continuing on here, Nerd Bomber. Epic Mickey rebrushed, and obviously I'm leading into like the very cartoony, like 3D platformy type games here, but Epic Mickey was actually a game that came out originally on the Wii, and I played it back then, like my parents had bought it for me, and it was a great game. And so I love that it's getting a little bit more love, a new life with a, a remaster here. It really was like a very innovative game for a Disney game, especially like back when it originally came out. It was when like licensed games were starting to kind of finally like drop off a little bit. Like there was that era where everything was just a licensed game and they started getting kind of like sloppy and bad. And this came out and was just like a breath of fresh air. And it was a, a very inventive use of, you know, the Wiimote at the time, at least from what I can remember. So I'm really happy that this is getting a new lease on life. Hopefully more people will, you know, give it a shot because I think too, this might have come out. I mean, I know the Wii was still being used very actively, even like in today's day and age, but I think in like the terms of the new game cycle, it kind of came out a little bit later in the, the game cycle for the Wii. So, you know, people should try this game out and I'll, I'll probably play it again, honestly. Like we have the Wii game in our basement right now. So maybe I'll just play that. Yeah, but... I was going to say, please don't spend money. We have this. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, I do have the, the 3DS. There was a uh, a sequel. So I have that. I've just never played it. Yeah, it, it's very, and I've seen a lot lately. You know, you mentioned like this being back from an era where like every game was like a tie-in kind of thing or like a lot of games were and that's, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Like I've seen a lot lately. Like people are getting kind of precious about that and like putting rose-colored glasses on. There were a lot of like very bad <laughs> like games that would come out that were tied to movies that like just weren't any good. So like you said, like it, this was, I would imagine this being remade certainly it stands to reason that like this was one of the better ones. I've never played this one. It looks like, again, just a fun 3D platformer. This is, I, I put it in the same category as Penny's Big Breakaway where I watched it and I was like, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a fan of platformers, like this is, a, it's a good time for me to be around. With that said, if you're a fan of 3D platformers, I am absolutely surprised that you haven't mentioned Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. So, yeah. This is a 3D platformer. It has, multiplayer couch co-op implications for just like a fun game night with your friends and it's just silly and cute i'm surprised neither any of you have mentioned this if i'm being honest monkey ball super monkey ball has like has been a namestay in the gaming universe for years it's it's on my list but it's it's lower i guess on the list of, ga of games i want to talk about like yes it's a mainstay like i think i've played it a couple of times this was like prime sleepover game back then. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. I, I, I guess I couldn't really say what I didn't. I don't even know if I could say there's something I didn't like about when I played it before, but I don't know. It looks fine. But well, I guess you kind of opening the room up here, deferring again to, to Steven, because Steven, you said you had a list. Are there other things on the list that we have not yet discussed? One, of course, technical enjoy is that we finally got a release date for Tales of Kenzara which is coming in April, which we saw originally at the Game Awards, I believe. So yeah, getting that Metroidvania-style game. Unfortunately, it was just thrown in the scissor reel, so we didn't get anything new with it other than the release date. Oh, I don't you don't you don't worry about that. I I am tracking that game. <laughs> I had I had that game and then I had uh Prince of Persia on my my notifications alerts. Pre-order. So, if you pre-order, you get 10% off according yeah. to the what I'm looking at here and quote-unquote special perks. I have no idea what that means. But also, I just want to give you a, give a shout out to Stephen. Not even, not everyone. So Stephen, being a Patreon, we, we kind of have a lot of conversations within our our Patreon thread, 
And he has been a fantastic, with his expertise in side-scrollers and things like that, he has been a fantastic consultant for me trying to develop my own game. So I just wanted to give a shout-out. Just gotta love me some platformers. I want, the, the last one I'll bring up, well, actually, there's two I want to bring up. One, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say that, like, I don't know, Star Wars Battlefront, like, I, this is, I don't think I'm gonna buy this. Like, I wasn't even that big of a Battlefront guy when it was out. Battlefront was terrible. Hot take. I don't I care. I definitely don't terrible. think it was terrible. I think you're coming in way too hot. But I'm on fire. I really like the continued trend of, and I think it's like one company. I think it might be Asper Digital, like just bringing back old Star Wars games. I want more of that forever. I don't necessarily want this one. I want to just kind of briefly shout that out. That's coming out March 14th. But the other one. Bring back the, Bounty Hunter. Bring back Bounty Hunter. That's right. That's right. Steven, very dedicated listener, knows that I'm a big fan of Bounty Hunter. The last one I want to bring up, and again, more so in the sense of like i want to know more is pentiment i'm interested in this one if only because the visual style i think kind of drew me in as just being kind of different than everything else we saw this was on that blast reel. this was on that blast reel that we didn't really get to it was see on the tail end of this it. is ironically this is one of the four games and i know we had talked about xbox sort of you know taking their first party games and spreading them around and putting them on other consoles but this is one that was an xbox you know, first party game that they're kind of releasing out to other consoles. Isn't now. Grounded the same same deal? That and yeah. Grounded, yep. Which I will say, Grounded, the graphics definitely took a hit on the transfer over, but yeah. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, the Switch is, they've never cared about that. So like, if you care about it, then you just, you know. On the plus side, we can play in the same room now. There you go. This is true. So th- those are the ones I wanted to mention. Anyone else? Anything? I mean, it's not like, we're, it's not like we don't have time. So like, there's a few, if there's a few here we haven't mentioned yet. But I don't know that we need pocket, yeah, card, pocket, jockey, card, jockey. pocket card jockey. <laughs> the playing the yeah. ponies with and also playing solitaire. This is oh, one dear. that I I didn't understand. I, I like both of these. Well, I I've never played the ponies, but like I like cards and I like solitaire. I just like I'm very interested in seeing the execution about like oh I want a game of solitaire. Now my horse runs a little bit faster. Like I I just think that's a very I don't I don't know how those two things meet in the middle. I guess is my point. Yeah, it was a big hit on the 3ds. That's where it first came out because it's done from game freak so it's the pokemon crew did you ever play i have it i think i played it for like two seconds just because i bought it before the 3ds eShop was going down so everyone talked about it so i was like i I have to get it so i bought it and it's like sitting on my ds but i never played it which i mean I, i probably should just play it on that instead of buying the game again but i don't think it's like standard solitaire like i don't think you're playing a full game of solitaire but i think it's more and i might be totally off base here but from what i remember looking at it's like not quite playing poker either but like you're trying to get certain card runs to make your pony get giddy up almost like rummy or something yeah it, it could be any it could be literally anything Red bomber a through line with you which you know i probably could have guessed this but like you're big into the the animals you're big. You're big animal. Gal. I am really big into you're the big animals. Animal gal. Yeah, you put an animal in front of me. I'm probably going to take attention and put your game at the top of my list. She literally asked, "I don't care what you do in the game you're working on, but just make me a cat." Well, it, that it makes it all the more interesting <laughs> that you didn't, like Tactic said, you didn't shout out Super Monkey Ball. It's a monkey in a ball. It's an animal. I. She can't get past the ball. <laughs> he's, no. he's trapped. It's inhumane. I Super Monkey Ball is something where. It's an existing franchise, and I feel like I've just have missed the boat on it, and I don't know why. Like I know it's not a game where you need all of the lore, 
but I feel like I just don't understand it. I don't know what there is to understand. I, I get missing, that, but I don't understand. I get it, that. It, so. it plays into it for me too. I agree. There, like in this case, there's. I don't know if you can miss the boat. I don't even know if there is a boat, but like I still feel like I missed. I it. think it's just a sleepover game. I think that's the perfect definition of that. How game. How many sleepovers are you having these days? I guess every night, technically. Right. Yeah. That's a good. It's very philosophical. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there are two more that I want to make sure that I make mention of. The first one, this is just sort of a quick mention: South Park Snow Day. It's a. It seems like yeah. it's an MMRPG. I don't know why they're game, making South Park games. It's, uh, I. Well, let me let me say let me. This is the comment I want to make about this one. This was surprising, but this feels like something that should just be on like ComedyCentral.com, like a flash game. It doesn't seem like it's a game that I'm playing on my console. I thought that was very weird to see. Agreed. And then the other game that I really want to mention that is kind of exciting is Fantasy Life, The Girl Who Steals Time. This game looked like Animal Crossing. However, Animal Crossing Between Two Villages is what we're going to call it, where your acts and trials, tribulations, whatever, in one village impacts the other village years in the future. So I really like Animal Crossing. I think it's chill vibes. I think it has that you know, I mean, we saw it having an incredible resurgence during the early stages. Everyone was playing it. And so now we've taken that game and added a new element of time to it, which I think well, is a neat also, twist. Well, there's also, there's like battle and like what I thought was interesting about that was that you could like pick a career and your like mini games would focus on whatever your career was or your role in the town. That's interesting, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it, it just added a lot to a genre that we already know everyone loves. I can't imagine being a game developer and, like, being a game, as Tectic can attest, like, it's challenging to start with. I can't imagine being like, we should take the thing that, like, so many movies and television shows have gotten wrong because there's so much paradox, which is time travel, and like bake that directly into our game and like i agree it's a really cool concept of like you go steal something from the town in the past and you get back to the future and you messed everything up like i think that's very interesting the only time that i am ever gonna touch ever ever is slow down or speed up that's once you once you once you once you go beyond that it gets wonky man yeah don't don't mess with the fabric of reality even in a in a video game okay well yeah there's a few we didn't mention here snufkin melody of moon valley demon slayer kingdom come deliverance Sword Art Online, Unicorn Overlord, you know, other stuff. One that we should, I've never heard you guys talk about, but it's really fun and it looks really silly is Suica Game. And I want to know about DLC. It's so much fun. Is, is this just like 2048, but like on the Switch? Because that's what I took away from it. And I'm I like, don't know what 2048 of... is. You don't know what 2048 is? No. Oh, Basically, man. Suica Game is you have fruit and when you combine two of the same fruit, they become the next fruit up in this little circle that they have. And your whole goal is to get built up to a watermelon. Yeah. So Nerd Bomber and Technic, who I know are fellow 2048 stands. He just described 2048, did he not? I, I was not a 2048 person. Oh, I know Nerd Bomber was. Yeah. 2048, for those that don't know, was this game where you basically start with a bunch of twos, I think. And when you push a two, and it's a grid of, four, I think, four by four, I believe. And if you push a two into another two, it makes a four. And if you push a four into another four, it makes an eight. Oh, and, like, yeah. you, but you have to try and get up to 2048. That's the whole goal. But, like, you can, if you get numbers that aren't adjacent to each other, you can combine. And then you get that across the whole grid, then you lose, basically. It's kind of hard to explain until you play it. But it's, like, a very similar concept. Sweeka game looks like a great, like, yeah, sit down with my wife. So challenger to us to a, to a and it's game. dirt cheap it's like five bucks yeah that's if that's that. on the list for sure 
and yeah this, this was for the, we got a multiplayer dlc so i can play with my wife now so yeah again hit us up on twitter if you if we didn't talk about a game that you desperately want us to talk about we could talk about it with you on twitter at ow eighty six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber our main show account at online warriors one let's have a conversation over there much like we've had conversations with steven steven recently told me that my opinion about the movie past lives was wrong which you know he's probably right but you could yeah, be telling me that wrong. i'm wrong yeah you could, be, you could be telling me that i'm wrong about stuff if you just talk to us on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it so anyways we're gonna take a short break now we'll come back to talk about borderlands uh, but before we do that steven it's that time of the show where you're on the show and we get to thank you for your continued support of the show Stephen is a Patreon producer on this show. He supports us at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, which is the knight level. He has a full suit of armor. He has a, I don't know, a, a horse. What's, what's your horse's name, Stephen? Remember, we, we talked about this. I, I don't have a horse. I'm allergic. We must have talked about this and I forgot. Uh, we'll I was, get you something I else. I sneeze the whole time. How about My like eyes a... would be watery. How about like a griffin? How, how would you do with a griffin? Like a mythical creature to ride. A dragon. Well, I like how griffins. About a, a griffin dragons or a dragon? don't have hair, that's good. Yeah, we'll get you a dragon. Think about what you want your dragon to be named. So again, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Steven supports us there at the highest of our three levels. That's the night level. There's also a squire level and a page level. The night level gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. You get the occasional guest spot on the show, which Steven is enjoying right now. You, of course, also get this producer shout out and input into the weekly game segment. The Squire level gets you access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog, and the page level gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast is where you can go to get the details on that and where you can go to start your journey, your quest, so to speak, of becoming a knight. So uh, thanks again to Steven. We'll take a short break now. We'll come back to talk about Borderlands. Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. And I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comic book series one issue at a time. Plus the video games, the cartoon show, the VHS tapes. If it's Ninja Turtles, we'll cover it. Ninja Turtle Nerds is available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, uh, we're back to talk about Borderlands. Uh, you guys know Borderlands. It's a game you played back in like, I don't know when this came out, like 2010 or something. I have to, I have to look it up. It's getting a movie because that's kind of what happens now. Uh, we got a trailer for this movie last week. It's coming out August 9th, 2024. Let me run down the cast list for you. Kevin Hart, Kate Blanchett, Ariana Greenblatt, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jack Black playing the robot whose name I can't remember. Claptrap. Claptrap, thank you. And a smattering of other folks. I think... So I got, I got some things to say about this, but the main thing, and the one thing I'll say before turning it over to other people is that when I think about Borderlands, which it looks like it came out in 2009, actually, when I, when I th- first of all, who here has played Borderlands? Tactic, I believe you have. I have. I have. Steven? It was a joint. I played the first one bri- briefly. So the, the thing I always associate with it, I guess, or like think like, do you guys remember how that game starts? You're all on the bus and that song is playing the ain't no rest for the wicked song i could not like when i saw that there was a trailer for this i was like oh they're gonna they're gonna bump ain't no rest for the wicked it's gonna be awesome how do you not use that song like am i the only one who associates that song with this game is that just a me thing no my coworker railed against the trailer because of that yeah like I, i couldn't believe it like their song choice was like i like that song too i can't think it's the yellow song i can't think of the name of it 
early Borderlands was peak Borderlands, and they just jumped the shark on that. Like, I, I couldn't believe they didn't have that song. So, like, I, with To say nothing else of, like, the rest of it, like, I didn't understand... I, I guess I'll say this. I think Jack Black as Claptrap is inspired. I love Jack Black and everything he does. I disagree. I think as someone, like, Claptrap is one of the mainstays in every single game, and the voice just doesn't work. And I can't really put my finger on it, but it just doesn't work. And I almost wish they would have just taken the original Claptrap voice actor from the games and been like, here, I know you're not a big name, but come do some movie voice acting for us. Well, they're, they're movies. They can't do that. It's not, it's not an option. But why not? not but why not? It's the only character that you don't need a real person for. It would have been so easy. Where is the kooky bird guy? Because that's the guy I always played as. I can't. Think yeah, of we can't. Name. No one. No one sees him. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, they have not introduced him at all. So I have no idea. Mort- I think his name was Mordecai. Mort- also, Mordecai. where's Mordecai. Handsome Jack? Yeah, he might not be in this game. I want Handsome Jack. I want just. Yeah. The- I can't figure out the timing of this movie either because it doesn't align with any of the the game plot lines at all. And I'm just struggling. Like the games. I get that the stories could get a little convoluted, but like you already have a story baked in. Why wouldn't you just go with that? So, Stephen, thoughts on casting, thoughts on just all of this that we saw? So, because of my lack of love for the series, I think the movie looks like dumb fun, and I am all for it. I've seen a lot of it's giving Guardians yeah, of the it looks Galaxy like vibe. Just another Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. It's Kate Blanchett doing something I've never seen her do before. Yeah, Same it's off type. Kind of Jamie Lee Curtis, but it kind of gives off maybe a little bit of everything everywhere all at once. But I mean, the, get rid of Kevin Hart, get rid of Jack Black. I was Black, about to say, the, and the Ke- Kevin Hart's give me the one everybody I just, else. I don't understand Kevin Hart. He should not play Roland. They are they are taking honor from Roland. Isn't Roland the big the character. big soldier guy? Yeah. Like, what and, are they doing? I'm not saying that Kevin Hart can't play bigger roles and that he can't be an action hero, but even the energy that he brings to the role, like, it's not like he's trying to be more serious. Like, and there's nothing in Borderlands as a game that is serious, but Roland is the character that probably borders, pun intended, unserious the most. And Kevin Hart just doesn't have that energy. It's too, like, frenetic and does not fit the character. And I don't understand what you're doing and also no shade on ariana greenblatt either but she also is not bringing the same frenetic energy and maybe it's just not coming across in the trailer but like tiny tina is crazy sociopathic yeah and i'm not getting that energy from what i'm seeing in the trailer either like it needs to be unhinged yeah she's not quite unhinged enough in this trailer and then another thing and it's i I don't want to i don't want to poo-poo on all the casting but Specifically, you have to match a lot of the art choices. And when you have a siren like Lilith, the tattoos are pivotal. And we saw none of those. And so I'm just, I don't know to what extent they're even going to leverage her siren abilities to follow what she's capable of in the story. Yeah. Or maybe that's something that she'll become as the movie goes on. I I don't know. Yeah, like Kevin Hart. He disqualified himself from taking serious roles, I don't know, somewhere along the line. It might have been Jumanji, where it was just like, all right, he's now just like the funny guy. Ah, yeah, like ah, that's, oh my God. that's what he's going to do, and that's who he's going to be. I don't think Kate Blanchett's necessarily done that. Like, I, I I, can see her doing this effectively. You guys said Guardians of the Galaxy, and like, I get that comparison, if only because it's also like, kind of like in space, but like, 
I think what this movie should try to be, because I think this movie was a huge success. I think it should try to be Dungeons and Dragons. Like I thought that Dungeons and Dragons movie was great. It's like a cast of characters that all have their own role in what is essentially a heist slash treasure hunt kind of thing. That's what I think this movie should strive to be. I think the production value of this looked good. And I saw a lot of things that were readily recognizable from the game, which, you know, that's one of the jobs they have as, as making this movie is what they have to do. But like some of the casting stuff was like just a little too overt for me to ignore. I'm not saying this is going to be bad. I'm also not saying it's going to be good. I, I, I want the bird guy back and I want this. I want them to use the right song. Like I couldn't believe they didn't use the right song. Like to me, as silly as it is, it might be in a future trailer. It's the song but th- that's directly indicative of like, you're, you don't know what this, you don't know what IP you have. I feel like, do you think for Lilith and Tannis, they should have cast younger actresses? Uh, Tannis. No, I think, I think Jamie Lee Curtis can do it. Like, I, I believe in that. It does make me wonder again about just like the timeline of the storyline though. Yeah, it's fair to wonder that. I'll also say I I didn't finish the first one. I got a decent amount of the way into it. So like I'm not super beholden to this franchise. I may it sounds like I may be a little bit more than you, Steven, but like I don't care that much. And also I don't know that this is a franchise that many people will care that like it's not like Last of Us where people are like, You can't mess this up or we'll kill you. I think this is more so like people are like, Oh, it might be fun. I think they can because no one can really figure out the storyline. The main villain is Atlas. Atlas is a gun manufacturer. It's starring Edgar Ramirez, which like he sucks, like like in a good way. Like he sucks. Like when you see his face, you're like, oh, villain, he sucks. But like I'm glad they didn't pick him for Handsome Jack because that needs to be that needs Timothy to be Timothy Oliphant. Yes, absolutely. But like I can't figure out the story, so I I think there is opportunity for them to screw it up now. Aside from my poo-pooing, I do want to give a shout out to the casting that I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Gina Gershon for Moxie, I was I was a little skeptical at first, but then I went into her IMDb and she is giving me stepmom porn star vibes. And I was like, yep, that's 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 mom. That's that's I want that's mommy. Mom. That's mommy. Wow. That's Moxie. <laughs> oh, I didn't even no. know she was in the movie until I just looked at the cast listing and I'm like, yep, all right. I like that she's in it. Tactic, you make sure you keep that in the edit because that was really wonderful. <laughs> I'll call her mommy. Honestly, she is chef's kiss. Good choice. I don't know that I got far enough in the game to even know who Mad, Mad Moxie is. So I don't really feel anything about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, this, I, I think this could be fun. I think there's a, they have a lot of room to move around. And, and again, I, I like, I get that it could be bad and they could screw it up, but I just, I don't know. People are complaining about the casting, but like, I don't know that people are complaining about much else because there's not much else to complain about yet. It's fair to wonder about the plot, but I, I think there's a lot they can do. And yeah, to wonder about the timeline is fair, but I think to get mad about it, I don't know that we're there yet. We have time to get mad because again, August 9th, 2024 is when this comes out. So we'll get another trailer. They, they might use the right music. They might not. And then maybe I'll get mad about it again. Who's to say? It's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to. And uh, Stephen, as our guest, of course, the floor is yours to begin. Um, So last time I was on the show, I had mentioned I was playing Cyberpunk. I took a little break here and there to play some other games, but I have finally finished Cyberpunk and the Phantom Liberty DLC. It is a very fun game. But also the buggiest game I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> so they haven't fixed all of that because, like, like, I know when it first came out, it was like a big thing, right? But I, I think they I crashed it. 
at least once every play session I played that's crazy. it. That's crazy to me. I've literally had that game since release and been <laughs> afraid to play yeah, it. Like, luckily it saves often, or at least I manually saved often, so I never really lost any work, but like any play. But like there was a scene where I was fighting a character, he gets in his car to drive away, his vehicle drives away, but his character just floats in the air. Yeah, that's fun though. That's good. That's good. And that's like, good so there's a lot of that stuff going on, or like I made a car blow up and like came back to the part where I made the car blow up later in the game and it was still on fire, but the NPCs around it were acting like it wasn't on fire. So they were just standing in the flames, taking selfies and stuff. Like it's just, yeah, it was really fun. Played it for 85 hours, but I'll never touch it again. I don't care about <laughs> getting other playthroughs to play, get other scenarios. Yeah. It yeah. Was... You're, you're more patient than I am. Like if, if, a game that crashes every time you play it, you put in 85 hours. That's like kind of impressive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, so I'm playing for th- the nice thing was it would be like, I really should go make dinner. Oh, game crashed. I guess I can go make dinner. <laughs> it's making decisions for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. It's <laughs> a good way to look at it. Yeah. And then one, the next two are kind of, they're, they're for tactic. Just you guys can go away. Tactic right, and I I'll will just, just have this conversation. I'll take a beat. I uh I beat Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. And it's how was amazing. It? it they introduced this mechanic, which all Metroidvanias need now, is on the map. <laughs> you can take a you can take a picture, and so you can like you can it, they call it like a memory or something. So like if there's like a section where you need to double jump and you haven't acquired double jump, you can take a picture so you know that oh I need double jump to get past this section or. I need to blow this wall up, but I don't have the ability to blow the wall up. Oh, I'll so when you picture. when you go back, you can remember where it yeah. was. Oh, that's a neat feature. Yes. So they they kind of cap it like you have like fourteen of them, but like and they you earn the ability to do it throughout the game. Can you do? Can you wipe memories to? Yeah, you can delete them to once you're once you're there, you can delete it. So that was very handy because yeah, it'd be like just literally a few around. All right, I got that ability. Let's go look on the map, see where those things are. I'm good to go. So it kind of saves some time so you're not always running around. The platforming was challenging. There's a lot of like dash, click to the wall, double jump, dash. When you hit the wall, it resets everything so you can keep kind of just traversing through things, which I kind of like those t- types of things in games where it's just you get in the rhythm and you just fly through things. The bosses were kind of difficult, but nothing too challenging. Have you played Metroid Returns? Because I thought they, on the 3DS, I thought in that game that they did a pretty good job just flashing parts that you didn't complete. I don't remember. I know I've played it twice. I don't remember. Sounds like you get time for a third time. Yeah, might be. But yeah, it's a really fun game. I highly recommend it. It's polished. It's fun. It's snappy. It's quick. I don't remember how long it took me to beat. but Under six hours? No, not under six hours. <sighs> So, so it's at least two days. Yeah, it's at least a two day. And then the other Metroidvania I'm playing is a game called Ultros, which came out two weeks ago on the PS5 and PC. And if you look it up, it's just an acid trip of psychedelic colors. And I don't understand what I'm doing in the game, but I'm like five hours into it. And it's finally starting to click because it's got this mechanic where when you beat a like you have to find these seven beings and when you unlock the being time resets 
and the loop starts again, and so you lose all of your skills and your skill tree. But you can find memory seeds, and so you can permanently unlock skills on that skill tree. And it's just a weird game where you're fighting weird, creepy monsters, and you want their meat, because you eat the meat, and you eat the meat, which then gives you the ability to unlock your skill tree. Sounds like Bioshock. But if you fight like you can't just mash one button to fight bad guys because the meat will be worse so you have to kind of mix up your ability to your fighting tactics so you can't always just fight you have to dodge back attack uppercut jump kick like you just have to keep mixing up your fighting styles to get the better quality meat but it's trippy i don't know what i'm doing i thought i was going to quit at the beginning because i was like i don't know what i'm doing i need to go google some how to tips for the game but then i think now it's finally unlocked and that's why i was up till past midnight last night because i just kept playing and kept going and going so takes a little while at the beginning but it clicks after a while i think that's about it for okay me. so so nerd bomber and i can check back in now yeah you're you're good yeah we're, we're, we're here we're back okay i'll go next I want to sh- I want to talk about a movie franchise that started back in like 2012 and I'm just now getting around to watching it because I heard about it on another podcast as being good and I was skeptical which is uh, these days as good a reason as I need to watch anything. Have you guys seen the like the new Planet of the Apes movies? The ones that would have started on I saw one. the trilogy. Yeah, so dang good. Yeah. If so you've, I've, if I've you trash the these, no, I'm no. done. I'm unplugging and I'm out. No, I'm actually here to say like. And I've only I've watched the first two. I haven't watched I haven't watched War yet. I've watched Rise and Dawn. In particular, Dawn was like kind of amazing. Like Rise had some moments where I was like, "This is pretty goofy," but Dawn was like very earnestly good. Like pretty much throughout, Andy Serkis is like amazing. The mocap is amazing. Like all the visual effects. This movie was like nominated for and maybe won. I don't remember a bunch of Oscars for like visual effects, and it's well deserved. Some of the some of the apes are like incredible i would recommend just going and watching some of these if you're like looking for a if you're looking for a mid-2000s experience or sorry a mid-2010s experience that is not the mcu but captures the same era of cinema i feel like you need to look no further than this really really enjoying it and i'm looking to watch the third very soon i haven't watched it yet and there's also a fourth that i think is coming out like later this year i don't know it's good prep for the new one this season exactly and then the other thing i wanted to shout out i watched another movie today so it's all movies for me today Nerd Bomber, I believe you talked about this on a previous episode a while back. Marcel, the, the shell with shoes on. Yes. Yeah. Really. So excited. Really good. Like surprisingly, I guess I shouldn't say surprisingly. Like it's a twenty-four. It had like a crazy Rotten Tomatoes score. Your you wife was reminds good. me of 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 Marcel, like the voice actress behind her. By the way. Right. I've Jenny I've heard that before. Yeah. This this movie is like, and by the way, I I came into this movie. I know that Marcel the Shell with Shoes On was like a YouTube thing, I think, or like a, a video short thing. And the movie kind of actually gets into that. But no, I had no exposure to Marcel before this movie. My goodness, so poignant and heartfelt and like surprisingly profound uh, for a lot of it. And also like... F- did a shell make you cry? Did a claymation shell make you cry? I did not cry. I did not cry. Did you tear up? Did you at least like... I, mi- I missed... I was a little bit in your chest? I would say I missed it a little bit. You don't have to feel like a bad person if you didn't. I didn't. There's definitely parts that are that are well, well engineered and well crafted to evoke that reaction. Also, some really funny parts and like just a, the other thing about it is it's 90 minutes. You know how much I've talked about on this show before how I love movies that are 90 minutes, and this movie was actually 88 minutes. So shout out to that. 
really, really great. Recommend it to anyone who has Netflix because this was, I believe, free on Netflix. You could spend your time so many worse ways than this. So uh, yeah, that's it. For- so what did we learn this year? My recommendations always. Slept. I don't know if you outright recommended this. I knew you were going to bring this up. I don't. I don't. I definitely did. I was like, everybody needs to watch this movie ASAP. It does. It. I feel like Steven was on the episode when I was like gushing over it. Yeah, it probably was. It's a great movie. Soundtrack superb. Oh, soundtrack is really great too. Yeah, it, it it needs to be. This is one of those movies that like I legitimately think that if every human being watched this movie the world would be a better place and i mean that very unironically because like i think i think it has things to say about like i don't know like the scope of human perspective that are very important so you should we should you should all watch this movie you should all listen to nerd bomber every once in a while nerd bomber i think i guess i'll turn it over to you with that in mind all right so this is not as heartfelt but everybody should probably watch this from like a security angle or just like a blowing your mind angle american nightmare This is a true crime three-part documentary on Netflix about the kidnapping of somebody in California. Back in the, I think it was like 2015, I vaguely remember this being on the news. I think it was even on the Today Show. And they basically called it like the Gone Girl copycat. And the true story behind what happened here is just mind-boggling and baffling and makes you very very angry for a number of reasons also makes you a little like scared and sketched out and makes you like rethink your personal home security and i don't want to like give too much away like it's obviously a true crime story so if you're familiar with the case you already know what happens but i think there is something to be said about the way that the documentary kind of unravels everything because just when you think that things can't get like crazier or stupider they somehow do and it just like is a rolling stone of just craziness you should watch this even if you're not like a true crime person i feel like everybody needs to watch this for various reasons yeah nerd bummer messaged me well i don't think it was unprompted but you were like get what do you say specifically you were like get chain locks for your doors and window jams for your windows well, this yes. was me. I that was you that said that. that. Okay. You but, guys, well, because yeah. the whole the the whole re- way that this person got into people's houses was he used a uh, what is it? It's a, it was a special key, a bump key. That a bump yeah. key. Yeah, he used a bump key and just opened people's doors. Yeah, bump, and walk, bump keys are crazy. Like, walked in in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. So like, put either a chain or some kind of stop on your doors because it was either he used a bump key on the front door or he would just you can just drill out the locks in your window. And like it was like, your houses aren't as secure as you think they are, folks. So like, put a chain on the door or something. Oh, I don't. In addition to just like the dead. Yeah, I don't think mine's very secure. Like if I hear something at night, I'm like thinking about it. That's like. You ever? There used to be that show. It takes a thief, and he would like show how vulnerable people's homes are. Can I do this to your house? No, I don't need you to. I know. I already know how vulnerable my house is. I don't. I don't need people showing me. Okay. I know exactly how to break in. I already have like three points of entry. Yeah, I guarantee you. Jakes. I, I I know how I'd get into my house if I was locked out. It wouldn't be that hard. Let me just say that to all the people out there potentially looking to to burgle me. Anyways, back to Nerd Bomber. But then in addition to that, I also started reading a book series called The Magicians. And they actually turned this, sci-fi turned this into a TV show. But I haven't watched that yet. But I've heard good things about this book series. Yeah, this is the V.E. Um, Schwab, right? No. No. No, no. Though I have read that as well. This is by Lev Grossman. And... Why did I think it was V.E. Schwab? The, uh, it doesn't matter. That's like Shades of Magic or something like that. But 
they're very similar series titles. But the it has like shades of Harry Potter almost where the main character is selected to participate in like he shows that he has some magical abilities unknowingly and is recruited then to go to this magical school kind of in a, a slice of the world where it's being hidden from the regular world. And I'm not super far into it. Uh, it's definitely not it's it, I'm trying it's good and compelling and I'm still reading it, but you can tell the author is trying to make his main character feel a lot like uh, Holden Caulfield and we know how I feel about that character, I feel like at this point. So I'm very interested in the world building and the magic system. The main character isn't really hitting with me right now, but I'm going to keep reading. I've heard it's like a really good series, so I'm powering through. Very entertained so far still. How many books are there? There are three books, and they're not oh, yeah. that long either. They're they're slim boys, especially like, I don't know, when I'm looking at books like anything by Christopher Paolini that I've read yeah. in the last few years, or like massive Stephen King tomes. Like, these are slim books. So, interesting. But I'll keep you posted how it is. Word. Tactic, you're last on our list today, I believe. All right. So, I've alluded a couple times about playing a full video game start to finish in one go, and I did that. This is the first time in my life, by the way. I played Stray, start to finish, binged it, completely done. It took me about six hours. And guys, this is a fantastic game. You think it's just a kitty cat adventure? My goodness gracious, it is not. It is in a post-human world, and you are navigating this city area while trying to avoid certain... Ba- I don't want to spoil things, but you have you have to avoid these certain creatures so that they don't take you out while solving the mystery of of returning back to your fellow feline friends and it is very good there's like heartfelt moments they they like perfectly perfectly made you feel like a cat and the way it moves and the way it feels like you feel like hey if i was a cat i'd be sad in this moment for sure and it's just it's just done very well and it's a you can really binge it in six hours and i highly recommend this game cheers yeah, I've I haven't done I haven't done that in a while, like one sitting basically. That's it's an accomplishment. And today is day and age. Shout out to that. Uh who's our quiz person today? It's not me, I know that. It is me. Okay. Uh well, you're in charge from here on out. I'm taking a back seat and going on a wonderful quiz journey with all of you. Before I do though, the quiz records. Steven, one and oh, and it's your first episode of the of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have a beef with that. I don't want my free point. You know what? Well, we all got a free point, so oh, wow. I know you did, but I don't. I don't want this charity action here. Do you actually want me to take it away? I'll take it off. Yeah, I want. I want real points here. All right, it's coming off. If you take it away from him, it should come away from everybody. Nope, nope, There's just no me. Just me. Look, what he says goes. It's just him. So now he's down to zero and zero. He's got a clean slate. Nerd bomber four and two. Tactic three and two. Myself three and three on the outside looking in at this point and nerd bombers hosting today so just the fellas duking it out and what is our topic today our topic this week is pink we all know her we all love her women keep having babies at her concerts pink is a singer who's what? been around yeah you haven't heard that no pregnant women keep going into labor at yeah, pink someone concerts. like last week or two weeks ago just did mm-hmm. i think it's like three or four at this point and her latest tour is it the frequent? Is there's it a the joke. There's a joke there of her singing or something. No, there's there's a joke there with her name. There for sure is a joke there. Are you gonna say it, or I, are you I gonna? Know. Are you just gonna say there's a joke? No, it feels it feels not PG though. Hey, we're a family show. All right. Well, uh, I I don't know anything about Pink. Let me start by saying that. So if it, the singer, 
I don't even know anything about the color, really, but certainly not the singer. So you've heard pink music. Though. No, like, sure. I'm just it. saying that in a quiz setting, I'm I'm out to see here. I'm not, I don't have high hopes. Well, I mean, I would assume that unless you all studied Pink's history, you probably are all in the same Pinkology. Boat. So as per usual, though, this is Price is Right style. So you try to numerically get as close as possible to the answer without going over. And everybody has a single lifeline. You can either plus one somebody or use the number one. And you can only do that once per game. Shall we get into it? And who wants to go first? Oh, well, I think it should be Tactic. You should go Tactic, then me, then Steven. All right, let's get into it. Pink's first solo album was released on April 4th, 2002, and it was called Can't Take Me Home. What was its total length in seconds? It's the full album? The full album length in seconds. 1,800 seconds. Oh, it's more than that for sure. I'm going to go with 2,880 seconds. 2,400 Illegal, what was yours? 2,880. All right, so you get that. It's 3,261 seconds. Four minutes per song, 12 songs. That was how I came up with my number. I don't know if that's actually like anywhere close or not, but I'll take the point. Dang. And you are in the lead now. I don't know if you guys have seen any clips of Pink concerts, but she has been known to do like some acrobatic style stunts during her concerts and in my research i actually found out that pink was trained as a competitive gymnast starting at the age of four at what age did that training stop interesting age uh 14 she did for 10 years 14 my first guess was gonna be 12 i'm gonna go with 12 uh she actually kept going up through high school so i'm gonna go 17 steven hit the nail right on the head she stopped her formal competitive gymnast training at the age of 12 well dang so we have a tie game uh, yeah tie between the two good guys and there's one bad guy it's tactic i don't know why i did that to you just now tactic you're a good guy <laughs> all right so according to what song which is a website not a sponsor but they track you know what songs appear in various tv shows or movies how many pink songs have appeared in either a tv episode or a movie so not the number of movies but the number of songs yes I'm going to say, I'm just, I'm just going to go 10. 20. Mm. Using plus ones when there's two other people is kind of challenging. I feel like this is my best opportunity to do it. Yeah, so going I'm, I'm going to say 11 because I don't think, I think 20 is too high. I'm sorry, Steven, you would have had it otherwise. His plus one gotcha. She has 13 Boo. songs that have appeared <sighs> in various episodes or movies. Man. And <sighs> the most popular song that appeared the most often was So What? I'm just, uh, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game, etc. Yeah, I don't know what else to say, but I'm just I'm going for it. Now, keeping in the same realm of Pink in TV shows and movies, she's actually appeared in TV shows and movies herself. In what year did Pink appear on SpongeBob SquarePants playing herself? This was 2008. I'm going to go later. I'm going to say 2011. Wow. My guess is... Uh... Use my plus one, 2012. Tactic gets this one. So now there's a tie Whoa. for second place. 2009 is when she appeared on I actually remember this. Well, I well was played. excited really to well see played. Pink on SpongeBob. I was like, this was like late, like I was still in high school. This is very competitive, guys. Shout out to all of us. This is very competitive. You guys are pinkologists. You sold yourself short. That's what she said. <laughs> the, the first part, the pinkologist <laughs> part. Yeah, we didn't sell ourselves short. All right, so to close it out, assuming that Illegal wins, if either Steven or Tectic gets this point, I'm going to have to scramble and find a tiebreaker. I should have just preloaded one, but, you know, 
that's how the cookie crumbles. Pink became the only female Wait, we're artist. All tied? No, it's, it's, it's no, illegal is it's two to one to one. Two, so it's very possible yeah. that someone's going to tie me and then you're going to need a tiebreaker. So re- really, you're probably going to need a tiebreaker no matter what. So Pink became the only female artist to sell out stadium shows in 2010 with her Funhouse Summer Carnival Tour. How many combined total tickets did she sell during this tour? So it was 2010? Yes. 425,000. I'm going to go an even one mil. So the full tour? Yes. One million and one. Tectic gets this one. The answer is three million tickets. <sighs> Brutal. So now Tectic and I have to do texting, right? No. I yep. don't I don't want the gimme win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what you said. We we showed absolutely zero mercy and uh I'm not gonna apologize for that. It's it's you know, you, you played right. in the game. I have a good one, actually. Hit me. All right, so Pink claims that her name derives from the movie Reservoir Dogs, and that while seeing the movie with her friends, they all agreed that she resembled the character Mr. Pink, played by Steve Buscemi. What year did Reservoir Dogs come out? First of all, that's hilarious. That's like the funniest thing ever. To be told you look like Steve Buscemi by all your friends. They were goofing. All right. Okay, my answer is in. And Illegal takes this one. Ah, the movie came out in 1992. Illegal texted me 1994. Tactic texted me 1994. So he busted. Whoo. You're right on the money there. What year did it come out? 1992. So I was, I, I, I crushed on that one. Okay, I moved to four and three. Tactic to three and three, which means skibbity boop. I move ahead of him and move up to second place. Nerd Bomber remains in first at four and two. Steven, you should have taken the should have taken the no, charity. No, nope. I, mean, I, I, I play with honor. That's, okay to 0-1 you go and uh, we're looking forward to having you back for your next quiz at which point hopefully you will you will crawl your way out of that hole we thank you all for joining us steven we thank you for joining us any any parting words anything else you want to shout out or just shout out any other podcast or whatever you want to do you know what i think i want to shout out is local pie shops mm. i don't know if you guys may have seen this on my twitter feeds or not but we have a pie shop local that they have like three stores Every Friday I go and I get a barbecue mac and cheese pie. It is the most delicious that thing That sounds ever. amazing. Barbecue mac and cheese pie. Oh, it's so good. It's a savory pork. pie. Yeah, they do savory and sweet every day. Is it like $20 though? No, it's like, I think total for a sweet and savory is 15 And it's just a That's little- not bad. That's not bad. Just a little personal pie. It's They do chicken pot pies every day. And then they do like a- taco pie a spaghetti pie a chili pie they're delicious i, lo- I, lo- I love this shout out shout out to just pie and also local businesses i mean yeah. how could you really say no to any of that very good pies are delicious you heard it here first or probably you didn't hear it here first you probably heard it a lot of other places first but you're hearing it here last maybe i don't know well yeah thanks again for joining us steven uh, always a pleasure to have you and uh thank you again for all of your continued support of the show thank thank to all of you as well for continuing to support us by listening and leaving us reviews on apple podcasts and hitting us up on twitter at the handles already mentioned and hitting us up on patreon patreon.com slash online warriors podcast we're going to see you all in the month of march but in the meantime stay safe and keep on podcasting 